Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Good morning, Fantasy. It is Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, they call me the spitting statistician. I got my man, FSWA Hall of Famer and the king, Scott Angle. We're going to spend the next hour breaking down what we saw in week 12 and finishing it up as the Texans and the Titans put a nice, neat little bow on week 12 and the fantasy football week as well. Don't forget a little bit of housekeeping. We just spent the last hour on Roto Experts in the morning also discussing what we saw. So it is a two-hour experience on a Monday morning with Dane and Scott. Scotty, how you doing so far this morning? Doing okay. Uh, you know, one one seven uh, my ten games this week, and right now I got a winning record in seven of ten leagues, and uh, six of those teams have nine wins. So so far, it's been a successful season, I believe. Absolutely, I also am being successful, Scotty. I think there's two leagues that we're in together, and as you know, I yes. am. Uh, I was nine and two going into the week in one. I was six and five going into the week in another. I did get a win in the six and five team. Is seven and five in the playoff picture. The nine and two team, I think, is going to get a loss to fall to nine and three, but we'll still clearly have a first round bye. So the spitting statistician also is playoff bound. Uh, you know, wherever we are competing against Scott. So maybe we'll. Uh, you know. I don't want to get ahead of it because I know you always don't look necessarily, Scott. But um, it is very possible that uh, you and I will see each other week uh, 14 of the GST League in a kind of first round really? playoff. I think so. I don't know. I, I, think... might, I might have a bye. You if may I win get a division, bye. I'll have a bye. Yeah. You may get a bye, but it is very possible for us to be like a uh, 3 6 4 5 kind of matchup as well. I think you're going to get, to be honest, I think you're going to wind up with either a 2 or a 3 seed. And I think I'm actually going to wind up as the five seed. So maybe we will avoid each other. But um, it would be very interesting if we have uh, – if we're facing each other with something on the line. But I digress, Scotty. Injuries. To be honest with you, I Go think ahead. it would be interesting for the listeners. But, you know, I never care about who I play. You know, I know. I you say, say that, that all the true. time. You say you that know, all the time. If it's you or anybody else, it, it, it doesn't matter. Because yeah, fantasy just is just them. different than – it's different than real football. It's not like okay, I have to set my game plan for Dane, mm-hmm. you know, I because you. I know yeah. these are you don't have film on me. Kind of you don't have film on me. You're yeah. not watching film on me. Nah, that's all right. No. Fair enough. Hey, let's talk about the big time injuries from Week 12 that we saw so far. Okay, you know, I mean, Evan Ingram got hurt. He hurt his hamstring in warmups. Didn't wind up playing. Kenyon Drake with the shoulder. He got back into the game. Marlon Mack is in the concussion protocol for the red hot Indianapolis Colts. Watch out for the Indianapolis. Colts and their offense. I've been saying that for the better part of a couple of weeks. Andy Dalton has a banged up thumb. We'll see how the Cincinnati Bengals treat that. Remember, A.J. Green is also out, and the Bengals are sort of falling by the wayside in the AFC. But the important one, in my opinion, Scotty, as it relates to fantasy playoff 
both teams. Melvin Gordon tweaks that knee. They're calling it potentially an MCL. We are going to get more reports today. Um, but Melvin Gordon, if he misses any time, listen, Scott, next week is week 13 for most teams. The last week of the regular season, Melvin Gordon for most players like was a first round pick. If you drafted, oh, I don't know, say eight, nine or 10 somewhere in your draft, seven through 10, you might have wound up with Melvin Gordon and he's been killing it for you. And now you may be without him in an important playoff week or, you know, week 13. Melvin Gordon, when he's been healthy, has been arguably the second best running back in fantasy football behind Todd Gurley because he's even had more rushing production than Saquon Barkley. And he's been involved in the passing game uh, really more than ever and just played outstanding football. But this is the second time this year that he's gotten injured. And, uh, you know, the, the Chargers decided to take with the risk with him. And uh, fantasy-wise, you had to start him if he was active, and he did get two touchdowns. But now you're looking at a sprain. You know, it could be one week. It could be could be a few weeks. You know, you you might you might have to win your fantasy league or advance in the playoffs without Melvin Gordon. Hopefully, you handcuff Austin Eckler here because you know he's going to become the lead back. But then again, he's not built for a big workload. So are they going to split time between him and the rookie? Uh, you're going to have to wait and see here. Yeah, absolutely. To your point, Scotty, at least in the format that I'm looking at right now, which is PPR, Melvin Gordon right now is running back five. Um, Gurley is one. Saquon is two. Alvin Kamara, three. Christian McCaffrey, four. And then you have Melvin Gordon. Although Melvin Gordon's Gordon is down there, though, I think, though, because of the missed time, though. Yep, so, he has one less game. Yeah. He has one less game as well. He has, um, you know, just in this format that I'm looking at right now, 251 points in 10 games. So that's 25 points a game. These other guys, Gurley, Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey, have all played 11 games. So if you look at kind of points per game and you give Melvin Gordon another 25, which is what he's getting per game, that puts him into running back three category. That would have him leapfrog, run CMC, and Alvin Kamara to be the third most productive uh, fantasy running back on a per-game basis behind only Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley. So this one is definitely important. And at the same time, Scotty, we say it all the time, when you have an elite stud like this, whether it was, you know, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley, or Melvin Gordon, we told you to grab the handcuff. Austin Eckler may have been the most fruitful handcuff all season long, and he's going to get a ton of work if, Melvin Gordon can't go next Sunday night in what should be a high-scoring game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Scotty, I want to go to another game here. We talked about the injuries. We talked about a bunch of the early games so far already. I want to ask you about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get a 27-9 to win against the San Francisco 49ers. A couple questions for you. Um, Scotty, if Jameis Winston doesn't turn the ball over like he didn't yesterday. I mean, no interceptions, uh, no fumbles for Jameis. And he goes, you know, 29 of 38 for 312 yards and two touchdowns. That's the recipe for Jameis Winston continuing to be a starting quarterback in this league. It is. But, you know, as like we said, with Jameis Winston, uh, you know, the bottom can drop out. You know, there's no floor. There's, there's just a ceiling with these Tampa Bay quarterbacks. He played well yesterday, you know, moved fluidly out of the pocket, 
made some good decisions, you know, it was a good matchup that he took advantage of, which is encouraging, though, because as we saw on the other side of the ball with Nick Mullins, you know, not every quarterback can take advantage of a good matchup. But I, I don't know if I want Jameis Winston if I'm heading into the fantasy playoffs as my 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 solid starter. You know, I'd rather go down there with Phillip Rivers because I just know the bottom can drop out at any time. You know, in week six against Atlanta, he had four touchdowns. In week eight against Cincinnati, he had four interceptions. So I, I don't trust Jameis Winston. The volume is there. The playmakers are there. And, you know, I, but I'd much rather own Jameis Winston in daily than in seasonal. Fair enough. But let's say if you're in a Superflex 2 QB league, you're fine with him as your QB too, right? By default, I'm talking one quarterback league here. Got you, got you. I just wanted to make yeah. that clarification just so people know. He does also, Scotty, listen, he gets 24 yards on the ground, right? So that cancels out one interception, you know, if he were to have it or a fumble, if he were to have it. But he didn't even have it as the Bucks go ahead and get that 27-9 to win. Scotty, you know where I'm going next as it relates to these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I've been tracking it the last couple of weeks. Peyton Barber gets another touchdown, Scotty. Only 47 yards on the ground. He does, however, have, you know, two catches. Uh, 16 yards in the air, so, you know, 60-plus yards from scrimmage and a touchdown and two catches gives you 14.3 fantasy points. Now, Scott, your boy Josh Adams had 14.4 fantasy points, and I'm reminded of when we've started tracking this now three weeks in a row, okay, Adams went 4.7, 16.2, and this yesterday, 14.4. Peyton Barber, last three weeks, 7.6, 19, and 14.3. They seem just the same to me. In fact, it's Barber that has outscored Josh Adams by six points over the last three weeks since we've been tracking it. At some point, Scotty, you got to believe that Peyton Barber could be a viable flex play. Uh, he certainly... He certainly played like it the last three weeks. Uh, but for the, for the first seven weeks of the season, he didn't even look even rosterable. But, you know, it's, it's certainly improved over the last three weeks. And when, you know, a guy does it over three weeks, you know, you got to start taking it more seriously. You know, he's got two touchdown runs in his last three games. Uh, and those are his only two rushing touchdowns of the year. But uh, I think I understand where you understand where I was coming from for the first sure. seven weeks. The guy wasn't even mediocre. And sure. But over the last three weeks, he's certainly improved to the point where you do have to give him some flex consideration. I don't think there's any upside for Peyton Barber. I think 14 points is his ceiling, but, you know, but right. it might be the same for Josh Adams. And like I was saying, even on, on Friday when we were talking about this, is that you know both these guys are not ideally who I want to have in my flex, but uh, you know that I think they're going to be – they're going to be about even. You know, Peyton, yeah. Peyton Barber's certainly trending up, and so is Josh Adams, and they're, they're both right about at the same level right now. Yeah, uh, you could do worse. Let's put it that way. If you were desperate, let's say you had some injuries, like let's say you had Marlon Mack and he doesn't play next week, you could do worse than putting in Adams or Barber as a fill-in. Let me ask you about this, Scotty. Uh, 
Mike Evans has a nice little game. Six catches, 116 yards. There was a couple of weeks in there, I would say, what, maybe two weeks ago and three weeks ago where he put a couple of bad efforts together in a row. Last week, though, he had a bomb. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. This week, he comes back with another six for 116. Mike Evans right back to me on the back end of the wide receiver one, the high end of the wide receiver two kind of conversation. Um, For example, Scott, in one league, you know, my main, Dynasty League, my three wideouts who I love so much are DeAndre Hopkins and then Mike Evans and Stefan Diggs. I kind of consider Mike Evans and Stefan Diggs like very similar as back end uh, wideout ones, high end wideout twos. Is that fair to say? I would say so. Uh, The thing with Mike Evans is he seems to be he seems to be less consistent than some of these other elite wide receivers and you know, that's why he's more of a high-end wide yeah. receiver, too, I think. Even now with Jameis? Look, what, what I just say about Jameis, you know, he can yeah. the bottom can drop he's out at any given week. And, you know, it, it, Evans has been something of a roller coaster to himself uh, when you compare him to other top wide receivers. You know, they, we, we've seen weeks where he's been very disappointing. Yep. As I look at it right now in PPR scoring, he is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth overall. Okay, right now, tenth overall, which seems awesome. But to your point, Scotty, I mean, in there, you know, week one. 27 points, week 3, 25 points, week 8, 29 points, week 11, 30 points. So you love that, but you don't love weeks 9 and 10 when he put like 2 and 8 points together. You know, Mike Evans is definitely somewhat, and this, to be quite honest, Scott, this is what I'm looking for, especially as a playoff kind of team. I'm looking for dudes who have the potential to score me 25 points and help me win a week. Is Mike Evans one of those guys? Yes, in my opinion. Yes, he is. He can. But to your point about the consistency, it doesn't always happen. But I'd rather have a guy like Mike Evans who on any given day could wind up with seven for 137 and a touchdown uh, if I'm going to have to you know, contend against the other big boys that are in the playoffs against me, you know? Yeah, it's some of my leagues, you know, especially my best leagues, I've started off with three wide receivers, you know, one league I got DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill. You know, in another right. one I've got Antonio Brown, Robert Woods, and uh, Adam Thielen. And you know, if you if you have Mike Evans in a in a role like that, if you got him as your second of best, third fantasy wide receiver, I think you feel good about it. If he's your number one, I think you feel a little more uneasy about it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, he's not, he shouldn't be the stud wide receiver necessarily, like your wide out one. But if you have him as a two, or like I said, as a fighting as a two or a three, then you have a solid wide receiving core for sure. Scott, I want to ask you about that. You mentioned the idea of you were going wide out, wide out. Um, And I'm wondering if, you know, we talk about, the passing league, right, and how points are being scored these days in the NFL. Is that going to have a big impact next year on uh, fantasy drafts at the top? You know, Scott, are we going to figure that, okay, yeah, there's like a couple of stud running backs, but it may even be better to get your wide receivers early and then piece it together with these timeshares. And I ask you because, Scott, you know, when I look at um, passing, 
production right now there are oh let me see there are eight players who already have a thousand receiving yards so far in in the nfl this year but there's only you know there's only like two that have a thousand rushing yards is it gonna be are we gonna get to a place where you need to worry about getting the stud wide receivers even more than the stud running backs in this passing league i don't think so necessarily because i believe those elite running backs are so highly coveted after because after, say, the top six or the top eight, there's a significant drop-off. So uh, I think running the, the, the stud running backs are still going to dominate the position of the draft, and it depends on where you are in the draft. If you don't have a chance, like if you get to, say, pick 10 or something like that, and you know maybe the best running back you're looking at is Philip Lindsay or something like that if yeah. we were drafting today you're going to want to take a wide receiver so it depends on where you are in the draft who's off the board you know there's no one set answer to it necessarily uh and then if you're faced with like say you know do you want to take Christian McCaffrey or do you do you want to take right. you know one of those very elite wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins uh you know, that's going to be a tough decision for you, but you may leave with the running back because it's just such of a drop-off. So it depends on where you are in the draft. You know, a lot of – I didn't get the number one pick in, like, any league this year. And, you know, so I started, like, a few of my key leagues were just wide receivers. So yeah. it depends on where you are in the draft and what the flow of the draft is because you come back on that, that second-round swing and, you know, if Devontae Adams is there and then, you know, say, the, the best running back is – is, you know, say your 11th or 12th or 13th guy, like after this season, would you rather have Devontae Adams or David Johnson? You're going to want Devontae Adams. So I guess that's what I'm wondering, you know. I'm Like if I have an opportunity, Scott, to wind up, you know, next year with like, you know, and I, obviously there's moving and shaking here a little bit, right? But if I have the opportunity to wind up with Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, you know, going back to back at the turn, and then the next time I'm at the turn – just find like these PPR kind of backs who can do work for me, you know, wind up with, oh, I don't know, you, you know, wind up with a James White and an Aaron Jones on the turn. I think I might be okay with that because these true elite stud wideouts that are getting 14 catches a game and continuing to push the envelope, especially if they're tied to one of these quarterbacks that are kind of veterans and like know all the answers to the test, like a Michael Thomas would be, you know, kind of thing. I, I may have to lean that way even over the, the elite running back. In a savvy league, James White's not going to be there in the third round. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, well, we'll figure it out. When we come back, Scotty, we got two more segments, and we got a bunch more games to discuss. I'm going to ask you again about why Lamar Jackson's so much better than Josh Allen when we come back. It's Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician of the king, 
talking through what we saw yesterday and uh, eventually what we see expect to see tonight as the Titans and the Texans have a big AFC South matchup. But, Scotty, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and the Oakland Raiders. The Ravens get a 34-17 win. Scotty, Joe Flacco went 4-5 and with this team. Lamar Jackson has now gone 2-0. and Is this Lamar Jackson's job regardless of Joe Flacco's health? I can't say I'm sure with that. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we can. You know, they, yeah, they've won two games. Who's the Raiders? And you want to go with, right. yeah, but you know, it's been, it's been the Raiders and the Bengals. It's not like Flacco couldn't have beat those teams. You know, how does the coach think about this? Does Harbaugh have a seniority sort of rule where the starter doesn't lose his job necessarily? You know, we just don't know. And it's not like Lamar Jackson has been overly impressive as a passer either. You know, he's been more of a dual threat, but, you know, he's still a very much a work in progress as a pure passer. Do they feel like they can continue to do this with Lamar Jackson and they'll give him the best chance to win? I'm not so sure. Neither am I, but that's why I started this, Scotty, with Lamar Jackson is 2-0. and You know what I mean? And, like, here's the thing. We've been hearing, you know, there are some reports that Harbaugh's seat is getting warmer there in Baltimore, you know, and... I just can't get past the fact that, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. Flacco went 4-5. and five. Lamar Jackson went 2-0. and oh. There seems to be an energy about this. Like, no, he didn't get 100 yards rushing, but 11 carries for 71 yards. He did make a point to try to throw the ball a little bit more. I mean, 178 yards passing, a touchdown, two interceptions. But I don't know, especially, Scott, in this day and age where everybody is going with crazy spread offenses and trying to put 40, 50 points on the board, the way to be the counterbalance to this is to be a running, grinded-out team, keep your stud defense fresh, and it seems like, you know, that is one recipe to try and beat these teams. You're either going to try and outscore the Chiefs, which very few teams in the league can do, or you have to try to beat these guys the other way with defense and running and time of possession. And at least the Ravens have an identity this way that they may not have had with Joe Flacco under center. Well, I don't know if they can beat teams not like the Raiders and the Bengals by slowing it down because in this league, as we've seen it, uh, you know, you have to be able to throw the ball effectively at some point. I think Seattle's a good example. They lead the league in rushing, but when it comes down to uh, having to sling it with the other team, they have to do it. And that's why Russell Wilson throws two to three touchdown passes per game. I don't think that Lamar Jackson is capable of doing that. But at the same time, you know, this team has created a new identity, not just because of Lamar Jackson, but because of Gus Edwards, and they found a winning formula all of a sudden that's different. Right. Uh, so maybe they need to stick with it because it's the only thing that has really worked with them so far. That that plays in favor of Lamar Jackson. You know, they have a running quarterback, and yep. they finally found their running back, and maybe they don't want to mess with success. So, you know, maybe they do keep Lamar Jackson in there. But they're not looking to the future. They're, not, they're looking to win now. And... You could say you only beat the Bengals and the Raiders, but you know if you want to be a winning team, you're going to beat who you're supposed to beat. So the fact that they're 2-0 does weigh in Lamar Jackson's favor. Yeah, Alex Collins was kind of the surprise inactive, you know, if you were listening to places. I don't know why people say he was a surprise inactive. He was, he was listed as questionable in the game-time decision by Friday. People keep saying he was a surprise inactive. He wasn't. 
you know, there uh, there most people that I saw on Saturday thought that he was going to ultimately be active, and then he ultimately was not. But the question, well, there was is, no reason to think that they were saying they were saying it's a Friday. They were, it was uncertain. You know, the, I'm sorry. You know, I don't I don't mean to be a jerk about it, but you know, if you thought that Alex Collins was a surprise inactive, you weren't paying attention. Okay, um, but this was not going to be my point, so let me go to the actual question, which was the fact that one of the things they like about Gus Edwards is that he is a, you know, north-south kind of more bruising back, and that this might actually fit with what they're doing with Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson is the running back with the, sp- uh, you know, and I say, I use the term running back loosely, what he's doing there in the backfield is, you know, based more on speed, and he threatens the outside, he threatens the edges. So the complement to that is the north-south Gus Edwards. Does that um, does that resonate with you, Scott? Um, in that now with Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards, they have their own kind of thunder and lightning with Lamar Jackson threatening the edges and Gus Edwards as the hammer north-south. Out something here, like I've said, I don't I don't get it. You know, with, with well, I do get it in a way, but with Alex Collins, you know. He's a talented running back. He's he's got seven rushing touchdowns. He's he's great near the goal line. He's physical. He's got speed. He's got cutback. He's got vision. But they just they don't trust him to hold on to the football, and that's why Gus Edwards has this opportunity. I don't I don't think that Gus Edwards is necessarily more talented than Alex Collins, but you know it messes with Alex Collins' continuity and rhythm. You know when they're only giving him the ball like eleven times a game. He doesn't get a chance to get into rhythm. You know, the, the, Gus Edwards has every reason to have the confidence now. He's clearly the lead running back. They're going to hand him the ball. He's going to get into a rhythm, and he's going to get his yardage. And if they do stay with Lamar Jackson, Scotty, are you comfortable pretty much benching all of your pass catchers for the Ravens? Yeah, but you know, I'm comfortable starting Lamar Jackson too because we haven't seen him have a really good game yet You know, as an NFL player, and he's scored like 16 and 20 points. You know, the guy's got a really nice floor because of all the rushing yardage. Yep. No, I, I hear that. I'm just because it is a rushing yardage and because they're, you know, he only completed 14 passes. Your guys, you know, we've mentioned Willie Sneed in the past. Um, you know, there was a part of the year early on when John Brown was hot to trot, you know, but with Lamar Jackson under center, you can't really trust any of the uh, any of the weapons in the passing game. No, but, you know, he does give you a nice fantasy floor himself. Sure. Uh, you know, it becomes it's it's really about you just use him and you, and you use Gus Edwards because okay. you know like you said this becomes a two-headed running monster. Yep. Do you use any Oakland Raiders moving forward? Uh maybe if you play in an AFC West only league, but AFC uh, West only. Doug, I like that. Yeah. In most weeks though you can use Jalen Richard although he was disappointing yesterday. Doug Martin did get his first rushing touchdown in like a 16-team league. You can use use Doug Martin. Uh, you can still look at Jalen Richard if you, okay. you're desperate in the situation. But other than that, there's no reason to use anybody from Oakland. You, know, right, you just don't talk- go to Oakland for fantasy production. Fair enough. You only go to Oakland for that good Bay Area music. Um, listen, Scott, I know you're going to love talking about this game. 
uh, but we do have four games left, so let's uh, let's not go too far down the rabbit hole here. The Seattle Seahawks get a 30-27 to victory over the Carolina Panthers. Both teams now stand at 6-5 and five and still right there in the mix in the NFC wildcard race. Russell Wilson has a great game, 22 of 31, 339 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Scotty, I'm intrigued about this Seattle team. They continue to run the ball, although not as much as they have in weeks past. But we thought about this as a kind of three-person committee, but it's Chris Carson, 16 carries. Davis with only four. Rashad Penny with only four. Is Carson, uh, again, the lead back because he is healthy? He certainly knows how to flip. He landed the flip, Scott. Did you see that? <laughs> when he landed yeah, the he flip said and I, then almost... He said I stuck the landing, yeah. He did stick the... I mean, yeah, he, he, said he I... grazed... So, like, he was down there, but that was absolutely ridiculous. Chris Carson is the lead back there for the Seahawks. I think this is old news. You know, it's it's not something that we suddenly know. You know, he's been back for the last three games. He's definitely their lead back. He had another rushing touchdown yesterday, which is nice to see. Uh, you know, this is the best rushing team in football. But, you know, script forced him to throw the ball. And, you know, another uh, two touchdown game for Russell Wilson. It's like you bank on two to three touchdown passes every week because this team runs the ball heavily. But you know they pick their sp- ideally when they they do what they want to do. Russell Wilson will pick his spots and be efficient. But you know yesterday he was just super clutch and uh, you know set up the game winning score with a forty three yard touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett for the first time this season. Though the Seahawks had two one hundred yard receivers, Doug Baldwin was you know still. Not himself, but you know, Tyler Lockett had his best game of the year. And uh, you know, David Moore had 100 yards uh, for the first time as well. David Moore with a very nice touchdown pass, doing a version of what is so in vogue now with rod receivers, Scott. I, I'm seeing it all over the league, how on deep balls, you know, wide receivers are using their off arm kind of as like an arm bar to create create separation and then going at it with the one-handed kind of catch. Moore did the same thing using his uh, left hand to kind of corral it into his body as he was using his off arm to create separation there on his touchdown catch Lockett and Moore both with a touchdown both with over a hundred yards receiving and the Seahawks get a W to go to six Tyler Lockett now has eight touchdown receptions and a few weeks ago you questioned oh you can't you can't continue this touchdown regret you know sort of streak he can because Russell Wilson is looking for him you know constantly on those big plays on those deep balls All right, and let's look now, though, at the Carolina side. We know about Christian McCaffrey. I believe Christian McCaffrey could, in essence, be a top-five PPR pick next year. Scott thinks he's a little bit lower than that in the first round. We'll probably debate that one for eight months moving forward. But here's what I want to say about this, Scott. I've been talking about Cam Newton under North Turner recently and his completion percentage. Even in a loss, Scott, Cam Newton goes 25 of 30. You have to like that. That's an eight. 80% completion rate. Cam Newton is doing it. And the other thing I've been saying, Scott, that I think continues to prove true, there was no Funches yesterday, but the Panthers are trying to get the ball into shifty playmaking, Ricky Bobby, shake and bake kind of guys as quickly as possible. McCaffrey, 11 catches. Uh, DJ Moore, who is an ascending rookie wide receiver that people need to know about. He goes for eight catches, 91 yards. They're trying to get the ball into people 
people's hands. Chris Samuel, uh, Jarius Wright as well. I think the days of Olsen and Funches, these big-bodied wide receivers for Cam Newton, are over and done with. North Termer getting the ball out of Cam's hands quickly. Uh, you know, 25 of 30. That's not what we uh, – that's now the new normal for Cam Newton. It is. You know, this team has changed around him to the point where, you know, it's just different right now. It's His completion percentage is so high because he just swings it out to McCaffrey and lets McCaffrey do everything. DJ Moore is a receiver he's never had before with yardage after the catch, possession, etc. Curtis Samuel with the speed and, you know, the touchdown potential. This is a different type of receiving crew and it's working for Cam Newton. But, uh, you know, this team is not winning ball games recently. Uh, you know, the defense has been very, very leaky. Uh, you know, they haven't been clutch, you know, in some situations. They, they had three trips inside the red zone uh, that produced a total of three points yesterday uh, at, at one point. Uh, you know, missing the field goal, et cetera. You know, not making it on the key on the key third down. Yeah. Uh, you know, more and more got tackled. So, uh, so you know, th- this team has also lost three in a row. It's true. It's true. They do still stand at six and five, right? So, you know, there's that. But at the same time, uh, this is a team that was at, I believe, six and three. They've lost three in a row. However, Scott, I mean, their next two are Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Uh, maybe they can get right, and they are still six and five. However, Cleveland's Scott, no walkover. You're absolutely Cleveland's right. no walkover. And here's the other part, Scotty. Week 15, New Orleans. Week 17, New Orleans. The Panthers and Saints still have not seen each other just yet in the NFC South. I know the Saints are everybody's darling, but the Panthers have had their number also at times. That's going to be interesting to see how the NFC South is won. Um, real They've quick, had other numbers at times, but this is, this a, different is a different team? Saints team, dude. It's like... Yeah. I know what Super Bowl teams look like, and this team looks like a Super Bowl team where they're just not going to take their foot off the gas. You know, right now, and I'm not saying it as a homer kind of thing, you look at the playoff picture in the NFC, and right now, like, if I had to bet on who was going to grab those last two spots, I'd probably say Seattle and Minnesota. Yep. Uh, We do still have... You know, about five weeks for that, uh, but it is coming a little bit into focus as we move along, and it'll get even clearer as we move into December. Scotty, one team who you know I believe will be in the playoffs, uh, gets another win. That's, that is the Los Angeles Chargers. They win 45-10 to 10 against the Cardinals. Listen, we're talking about the completion percentage of Cam Newton this season under North Turner. You talk about how the Saints have the look of a Super Bowl team. Drew Brees looking to beat the NFL record for completion percentage. Well, Phil Rivers set a record of his own yesterday, completing balls himself. 28 of 29, 96% completion percentage. They then called the dogs off, pulling Phillip Rivers. Maybe they should have done the same to Melvin Gordon um, because he got banged up, and we talked about that as a lead story. But that's like the Chargers had their way. They started slow. They were down 10-0 in this game, but then they start rolling. Uh, this is another example, Scott, of a veteran quarterback who kind of knows the answers to the test as soon as they line up and is able to, in this day and age, just complete balls left and right. Rivers goes 28 of 29. Yeah, and the record was for consecutive completions yep. at one point uh, yep. to start yeah, a game. 25 just, in a row. Just, oh, just overall. Uh, 
and tied the record on touchdown pass to Keenan Allen. Look, it's almost like they did when I do when I play Corey Parson. You know, you know, he's just such, so much better that you just spot the other team elite, and they yeah. just pretty much pretty much had their way. You know, the, the Chargers are a really good team. You know, they beat who they're supposed to beat the way they're supposed to beat them. And uh, but outside of Keenan Allen, you still can't trust any of these pass catchers. Although you know, if you're desperate, you know Mike Williams is always a good bet. You know to get his touchdown chances. Question for you, Scotty: um, Where are you going to rank Austin Eckler this week? Like almost regardless. Let's say Melvin Gordon. Like you know, I, I mean, he's if he doesn't suit up, is Austin Eckler like an RB one next week? Like Pittsburgh, no. and what we'll see no. is a high scoring game. No, he's not an RB1 because you know, Pittsburgh's tough against the run, okay. number one. And, you know, we haven't had seen him enough history of Austin Eckler being a lead back. You can't just rank him as an RB1 because of opportunity. You have to take the matchup into account and the fact that, you know, how often is he being asked to do this before? He doesn't have a track record of being a feature back. So how can I rank him as an RB1? Well, there was you know, a couple he'd be of more weeks. Like a, like a 15, he'd be more like a 15 to 17. Yeah, but there was also like weeks where we hadn't seen it yet where Nick Chubb was going to get the opportunity and he took it, you know. Um, so why couldn't Austin Eckler do the same thing? Nick Chubb comes with more of a pedigree here and, hmm. you know, it was built like, uh, you know, built like a feature back here. You know, there was a reason why they drafted Nick Chubb. Austin Eckler, you know, Austin Eckler has to earn it. I just can't hand it to him. You know, I didn't right. hand it to Nick Chubb like the first week that he was starting, but, you know, I felt they drafted him for a reason. It's so much different with Nick Chubb. They traded Carlos Hyde because they knew what they had in Nick Chubb, and we saw it in the preseason and at points during the regular season. Austin Eckler doesn't have that kind of pedigree and has never shown us that before. He's got to earn it. All right, well, I'm going to start him next week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if I RB1, no way. <laughs> I'm fine, but it'll be in my lineup then. I'll tell you that. Maybe okay. it's an RB2. But listen, I'll get a piece of that Chargers okay running that. game if I can. we got a couple games to still break down. We'll talk about Monday Night Football as well when we come back. FST on Fancy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Engel. With for another couple minutes until we pass it over to the morning after where Gabe Moore and see our guy, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, and the lovely Michelle Serpico will take on over. Scott, a couple more games to discuss. The Denver Broncos get a win at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-17. I got to ask you about these Steelers, though, okay? Because it is not Patty Mahomes. It is not Tom Brady. It is not Andrew Luck. It is not Phillip Rivers that leads the AFC in passing yards. It is Big Ben Roethlisberger, who goes 41 of 56 for 462 yards, one touchdown, but a crucial couple 
couple of interceptions, including a weird one at the very end of the game. Some fumbles out of James Conner as well as they were moving along. These are the kind of mistakes that the Steelers have made in clutch situations against top teams, to be quite honest, similar to the Chargers in that vein. You know, they, they, they keep on making the crucial mistake. I know, and Big Ben is usually th is throwing a pick at crunch time. I mean, if you're a fantasy owner, you're happy about his 462 yards and leading the AFC in passing. But if you're a Steelers fan, are you a little bit worried about these kind of mistakes that keep on happening at crunch time for the Steelers? From a fantasy perspective, you know, that whole Ben Roethlisberger on the road narrative has been smashed to, to bits this year. Sure. You know, he's either gotten 300 yards or multiple touchdowns in uh, most of his road games this year. So uh, not something I really want to hear about anymore. Uh, you know, this team has so much volume passing. I remember early in Roethlisberger's career, they were built around the run, you know, and it's totally morphed later in his career uh, over time. As a Steelers fan, you know, uh, Mike Blewett was very anxious about this game. I felt yeah. like he shouldn't be, and I was wrong. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, Denver's all of a sudden back in the playoff picture because you know they they've had a very tough schedule, but they've knocked off the they Chargers have. and the Steelers. Yeah, you know, so many people, they, 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 the average fans, like want to see New England out of it. They're predicting that Pittsburgh is going to take them over. I I still haven't seen since the last time that they've been to the Super Bowl, Pittsburgh win a truly a game that they have to win. In the playoffs, to where they, yeah. they they beat New England or somebody like that, I just don't trust the Steelers or the Chargers to win that big game. It's uh, to me that the road to the road to the Super Bowl still goes through New England, and to me, Kansas City is the one team I would fear because they don't have anything to fear. They haven't been there and failed right. yet. That is true. We shall see. It does seem like Big Ben and Phillip Rivers, kind of uh, a lot of people want them to maybe get a, tr a crack at it in the last couple of years of their career, but it's just not necessarily happening. Scotty Juju Smith-Schuster, 13 catches, 189 yards and a touchdown. The 97-yard touchdown, you know, kind of was absolutely amazing. Can I ask you something? Would you rather have Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs or Antonio Brown and Juju. We have talked about the best wide receiving combo. You know, we've been talking about how Minnesota has the best wide receiving combo, and it's kind of just been accepted, I think, for this year. But I don't know. I'm going to say the Steelers, and, and I'll right tell there. you why. Go ahead. I'm going to say because Stefan Diggs doesn't stay healthy. Okay. Always right. getting hurt. All right. Fair enough. Um, on the Broncos side, Scotty, uh, we know about Lindsey. He's a, he's a starter every week. We know about Manny Sanders. He's a starter every week. Seven it was really games. impressive for Lindsey, though, to get that kind of numbers again in that kind of matchup. It's just yeah. uh, the one thing with Lindsey, you know, on Lineup Lock Live, he was getting a lot of questions. Should I start Lindsey? Like, people still don't trust Lindsey. He's right. been in double figures every game, and he has – Five consecutive games with rushing touchdowns. I don't know what Philip Lindsay has to do to get the proper respect. The guy is a, is a back end RB one right now, especially in PPR. But people, they don't want to stick the name. They want to rip the name off the back of the jersey. They still label him as an undrafted free agent. Philip Lindsay is a must start every week, regardless of opposition. And people yep. still, I don't know whether I should go Philip Lindsay or Lamar Miller. Yeah, Philip Lindsay is the goods. He proved it yesterday again. 
Absolutely. Philip Lindsay is a week-to-week starter. So is Manny Sanders. Seven catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Talk to me about Jeff Hyerman. Scott, I mean, a lot of people have been toying with this guy. You know, maybe you lost. Maybe you had tight ends on a bye. Maybe you lost Devin Ingram, stuff like that. Can you look to Jeff Hyerman? I think in the state of current tight ends, I think you can. I mean, what did he have yesterday? I think he had about six or seven no, PPR no. fantasy points. Oh, PPR points. Yeah, but only uh, only four, two catches for 44 yards. Yes, yeah, I think he got hurt, though, at one point, yeah. too. It's... You know, I don't think there's – you hope he scores a touchdown. Otherwise, you're going to get five, six points. Uh, well, listen, I was a little more hopeful for Hireman, but I don't think there's any upside there. Even right. even when you talk about the relevancy of tight end, I'd rather be starting Chris Herndon right now. Got you. We and I think I'm going to do that. Okay, we got these AFC teams that are contending. There was a battle of two five and five teams yesterday, and the Indianapolis Colts stay hot. They win twenty seven to twenty four. Scotty, I've been trying to tell people about these Colts and what Andrew Luck is able to do. Another game where Andrew Luck throws three touchdowns, three hundred and forty three yards. Andrew Luck performing as a fringe, not a main, but a fringe MVP candidate. I still think the Colts are going to be the second wild card. In the AFC, they they continue to look good, Scotty. Um, Obviously, Marlon Mack and the protocol is something to worry about, but they know what they have. They have Andrew Luck. They have Marlon Mack. They have T.Y. Hilton, who goes off for 7 for 125, and they have not one but two tight ends that can damage you on any given week. Yeah, Andrew Luck went down nine consecutive games with three or more touchdown passes. Only Tom Brady in the history of the NFL with 10 consecutive games in 2007 uh, has more consecutive games with three touchdown passes and uh, luck is heading in that direction. I think he was sacked yesterday, but then uh, there was a flag, so it didn't even count at one point, but uh, luck right now, I, I, I really think he's the number two quarterback in fantasy football behind Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's playing that well right now. And uh, you know, T Y Hilton the last two weeks is looking healthy again. And uh, Luck and Hilton are rounding into form for what they used to be right at a key fantasy point of the season. And when this team gets in the red zone, it's, it's, it's Ebron number one, Doyle number two, Mo Ali Cox being out yesterday helped right. both of those guys as we speculated they would. But uh, there's nobody else you can trust there. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't buy all the Dontrell Inman talk. But, uh, you, no, but you, you, you know what you get. Yeah, but the. People are getting a little too overexcited about Dodgell or Inman, but it's really nice. Like George Kurtz was saying on Roto Experts two weeks ago, buy T.Y. Hilton, low on T.Y. Hilton. He was exactly right. No, absolutely. Real quick, one point here on the Sunday night game. The Vikings, as we've talked about a little bit, as it related to Thielen and Diggs, we've talked about what we have here. The Vikings go to 6-4-1. and one. They are in the playoff hunt in the NFC. Um, Scotty, what do we do with Dalvin Cook? 10 carries for 29 yards. He does get into the end zone in the receiving game. But are you starting Dalvin Cook week to week? Uh, there's still a lot of upside there. You know, you saw it in the receiving game yesterday. You know, nice touchdown run. It's, uh, you know, that's an open-ended question. It always depends on who else you have. But I'm still ranking him top 20 every week. It's like I'm not going to start Peyton Barber over him or Josh I, see, Adams. Well, that's, that's where I was going to actually go. Like, I, it feels to me like Josh Adams and Peyton Barber. I know there's no upside, but they've been more stable recently than Dalvin Cook. Well, because Dalvin Cook hasn't been healthy recently until like the last, 
you know, two to three games, sort of. And uh, there's still more upside with Dalvin Cook, I think. With those, and you, you can't just give up on the guy. He's been a huge disappointment overall this year, and right. you no longer rank him as an RB one. But I think I think it's hard to find a lot of guys that you could start over as an RB two. All right. Well, is Aaron Jones one of those guys? Because he's been uh, performing better lately. Seventy-two yards on the ground and a touchdown. He also gets twenty-one in the passing game. I know you were down on him recently, but if start of warm to him over the last couple of weeks, he does get you ninety-plus yards from scrimmage. He gets a touchdown, three catches. So you'll take, you know, you'll take the eighteen PPR points, right? I'll start him over Dalvin Cook. You know, okay. it's I would say like in my in-season ranks, the final one I'm doing this week. Dalvin Cook's probably going to be about 15 or 16 at running back. You know, Jones is all of a sudden getting involved in the passing game right now because Rodgers doesn't have any trustworthy wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams. He's running the ball well because teams just did, you know, they, they uh, play defense against the pass uh, very often. And you know, Dalvin, you know, Jones is taking advantage of that. So he's a must-start RB2 right now. Fair enough. Scotty, Week 12 finishes off tonight. With the Titans coming into Houston to take on the Texans. Only a minute left, Scott, but the Texans are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The total in this game is 42. Um, you think the Houston Texans stay hot when they're eighth in a row to take uh, you know, take control of the AFC North? Or is AFC South? I think, this, I think this game's actually going to come down to who plays better defense, believe it or not, in today's NFL. And I think the Texans have a better defense, so I'd say they win again. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very close divisional matchup. Division matchups, defenses, like you say, a low total. I like the three and a half points. I think Houston could win, but Tennessee plays some sloppy, ugly games. Three and a half points could be the difference. Give me the points, but I like Houston winning the game as well. We'll talk about it tomorrow, okay, Scotty? The playoff picture continues to crystallize. We'll break it down the morning after up next.